Well, hello and welcome to Inexos Access All Areas. My name is B, and I will be co-hosting this series of podcasts with my Inexos nerd, Hayden Murdoch. We will be delving deep with you all to explore everything there is to know about this iconic band of brothers in excess, sharing music, tours, videos, albums, and oh, so much more. Well, hello, welcome to Excess Access All Areas, episode 119 for the deep dive into all things great about this band in excess. Do it with my compadre B, a bunch of patrons and loyal listeners. Hello, B. It's a very sad morning as we record today. We have lost our monarch. Rest in peace, Elizabeth. Can I read a little poem to you, Hayden? That oh, someone what? You might make me cry. Yeah, it is very uh, sad. It is very okay. sad. Is it long? No. Is it a limerick? Is it five lines? Is it a limerick? No, it's not a limerick. It's not a limerick. Um, It was actually sent by my Uncle Roy, who's very loyal to the Queen. So God bless you, Uncle Roy. Um, I don't know who wrote it. Perhaps Uncle Roy wrote it. I'm not sure. But it's very to the point. And, um, yeah, it does bring a lump to the throat. So it's as if the Queen is saying this, okay? Okay. Philip came to me today and said it was time to go. I looked at him and smiled as I whispered, I know. I then turned and looked behind me and seen I was asleep. All my family were around me and I could hear them weep. I gently touched each shoulder with Philip by my side. Then I turned away and walked with my angel guide. Philip held my hand as he led the way to a world where kings and queens are monarchs every day. I was given a crown to wear or a halo known by some. The difference is up here, they are worn by everyone. I felt a sense of peace. My reign had seen its end. 70 years I had served my country as the people's friends. Thank you for the years, for all your time and love. Now I am one of two again in our palace up above. Very lovely. Very lovely and very, very poignant and appropriate. And if I could share a little anecdote this morning, uh, I told my kids this morning because I think they learn about, you know, um, the Queen and Monarch and all that at school. And Mm -hmm. my little one, she said, okay, but who's going to send out the letters when we turn 100? Oh, bless her. So I said, that'll be the king, okay? And she said, okay. So, yeah, look, it's always very sad. But I I think, look, 96, and I guess the royal family have a a great history of long innings. Um, Mm. Uh, in cricketing speak, they uh, generally challenge the century. And um, I guess, you know, she's been sort of a little bit ill. But And last night they were saying that, uh, you know, she was under a bit of medical supervision and, you know, Charles and Camilla were called in. So I, I had that feeling going to bed overnight that that may be the case. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, what a wonderful life and what a wonderful example. And mm-hmm. also, too, I think, you know, for you and I, probably being part of monarchy countries, it's um we don't really know any existence without the Queen, no, do we? No, no, not at all. I mean, you know, we're in our fifties. We've only lived half of her life, and yeah. what a, a life she's led! And she's just mm. so iconic, and she's just always kept the um, the monarchy on a really good level and steadfast. You know, there was something that we could always look to that kept the country at that level. Well, I guess we've got. I guess we've got. Uh, Princess mm-hmm. Meghan Markle to carry the flame oh, forward, haven't right. we? Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's talk in NXS, darling. Hey, just, just, just what? a quick one. T- typical Australian self-interest. Someone posted, mm. you know, through somewhere saying, "What's going to happen to our five-dollar bill?" Because uh, here in Australia, <laughs> we have Queen Elizabeth on the bill. Mm. Um, 
But, um, but yeah, look, uh, I guess we'll say ROP, uh, part of our podcast. Sometimes we, we record on the day of significant events, and this is pretty significant. So yeah. uh, bless uh, her and all of her followers and everyone around the world who loved her, B. Absolutely. On a side note there, my dad used to work for the Royal Mint. <laughs> oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. So, yes, they'll be busily um, changing all the, the the notes and the coins now. To Any access Charles to some old on. notes? We can uh, get some old old currency yeah. flipped our way? Yeah, maybe. I've actually mm. got a five-pound coin, which is very unusual, with, um, with Diana on it, actually. Mm. So it's probably Quite worth designer. a bit. Hmm. Hmm. Hey, B, quick question. How's your NXS uh, week been? <laughs> large. Rather really? large, yeah. Anything well. come across your desk? I don't even know where to start, to tell you the truth. So, um, well, Manny has started the campaign for Not Enough Time. So he's got a Facebook page, Twitter page going, and Instagram. So get on board on that. Well, I was about to say thank you for that, but that obviously mm. was probably him uh, following a bit of your lead and our lead in terms of uh, recognising that little campaign that starts uh, now mm. because mm-hmm. uh, we've only got about, uh, what's November 22? Mm-hmm. We're looking at about 10, 12 weeks till Michael's, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, uh uh, birthday and 25th, yep. uh, well, not birthday, I should say, his 25th anniversary of his passing. So mm-hmm. thank you, Manny, for the work you're doing so far with that campaign yeah, initiative. Thank, yeah, thank you for taking the bull by the horns on that one, Manny. That mm. was absolutely fantastic of you. Thank I you I will pull so my much. finger out here for that too, B. I've got a few little things on the fly Good. that I'm Talk working to Manny. on. So. You don't need to talk to me. Yeah. Go straight to the man. Man, so, Manny. <laughs> yes. Um, Personally, oh, God, do you remember last week I told you about um, a guy that found my ticket. Yes, the Odeon ticket. The Odeon ticket, right? It's on yes. its way. It's coming across the oceans as we speak. Then I had a really lovely guy me- message me um, called Will, and he's found my gig. He's actually found the audio. Oh my oh, god! Oh my god! Okay. So I've now got the ticket and the What's audio. What's the date of the gig, B? Oh, I think it was the sixteenth of May, something like that. It escapes yeah. me. It's May. Okay. Well, confirm with me. I will get you the set list. How would you like that? Well, I've already got the set list, oh, right? Don't okay. worry about no, that. Okay. I've got the set list. Well, I've got the music. What are you talking well, about? Well, I did post during the week, I think last week, about how people can find – well, maybe actually said in the audio last week about you, you can find any set list of any band if you mm-hmm. go to Setlist FM. Yeah. So yeah. let's go back to me again. So, yes, I cried like a baby. Hearing Michael um, talking between the actual um, songs as well, mm. and it just – brought it all back and the crowd are really up there and I'm sure he said it to everybody but he said um like most people think that um England is London well it isn't because he was in Birmingham and he says Mm. we should get here more often like yeah Mm. you should so yeah um the other thing is I booked our tickets to go and see in excessive you have so that's um that's us going to be joining Dr. Jim. So that's all be happening soon. So we'll be going down in a couple of weeks to see that. So that's that's my week. What's your week been like? Uh you, well, you look like you've turned bad. off. No, I'm just looking down at my notes because uh, <laughs> as much as everyone thinks I pull this off the top of my head, I do have some preparation that goes into this. Um uh but uh, no, no, my week's been pretty good. I think uh, particularly this week, as I said, I well, I've come off the last seven, ten days where I was setting books out and just realizing that a job in clerical admin or a job at Amazon is not for me uh, in post packing things. B. I think I could have told uh, you that at the beginning, but I thought I'd let you go with it. <laughs> 
Correct, <laughs> correct. Okay. Um, I've got this awful feeling that I didn't sign a couple of parcels. I don't know if they're going to get through. They might be returned to my place, but How many fingers times crossed. Did I, I tell you to sign the I know, parcel? but then what happens? You get the tape out and you're putting things on and then you get sidetracked and whatever, but I, fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, look, uh, uh, I guess overall my Nexus in excess work has been pretty good. I think um, uh, I've... Uh, Pretty excited that the the album's back in the charts again, which is yeah. great. But um, um, it just seems like everywhere I'm going at the moment, I'm hearing NXS songs on the radio. Mm-hmm. I turn the radio on, and uh, it's always it feels like it's really, really uh, you know good timing and things like that. So uh, long live uh, the radio airways for NXS tracks, B, because uh, they're everywhere, and we encourage all uh, radio programmers around the world to continue the musical assault. <laughs> Now, last week, B, congrats on episode two with Chris Cafaro there. Uh, obviously did a little bit of a deeper dive into his stuff. Uh, what uh, feedback did you sort of get? I know we do it in fan engagement, but uh, anyone particularly uh, uh, enjoy that episode last week or any sort of feedback came your way? Yeah, uh, Katie, she really enjoyed it and so did a few others. So thank you for mm. your messages. Got lots of lovely emails. Thank you, guys. That's really nice. Mm. Um, it was yep. really what? Oh, for those who only listen to this Are we on a time delay today? Oh, well, look, we are sneaking ourselves at work today, aren't we, B? Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, we're both in uniform today. Yeah, that's all right. But uh, but, but the, sometimes people listen to us in different orders. So if you're listening to this episode and you haven't checked the prior two out, uh, you interviewed Chris Cafaro, B, who mm. was a fantastic photographer who did some fantastic shots of Michael and uh, uh, I guess was uh, well-recognised through a lot of the artwork in certain uh, portraits and pictures and things on album covers and things like that, wasn't it? Yes, yes. And he'll be coming to Australia in November. It's going to Melbourne first and then coming up to Sydney. So I really would stress trying to get to his um, exhibitions. We will um, let you know on the dates and whereabouts they'll be held. Do you think you'd like a a tipple or two? Who who, do you get? Chris, do you think he likes to go out for a good night? Um, well, he likes his cup of tea with coffee in the morning with his banana <laughs> okay. bread, and I'm sure he does. A still cup seeking of tea. a cup of tea. He's still seeking yeah. a nice rich old lady. So um, if you're okay. a, if you if you are, let's <laughs> know. Well, but you're already taken with Nick Lorne, so it can't be you. <laughs> I'm not old. What are you I talking know. about? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is a time we welcome some of our patrons aboard and anyone new on board. So over to you, B. I'd like to say hello to everybody outside on the highway. Let's all say hello to everybody outside. It's about 10,000 people at least. Hello. Well, hello to our honorary members, Tim Farris, Nick Egan, Mark Opitz, Richard Simpkins, Cameron Adams, Mary Woods, Darren Jones and Paul Jolie. Our patrons, Carmen, Laurie, Carrie-Anne, Danielle, Sarah, Mark and Sarah, Camille, Dr. Jim, Katie, Lisa Mack, Anne-Marie, Susan P, Susan B, Foxy, Pedro, Mandy, Matt, Linda, Yvonne, Caroline, Amanda H, Amanda V, David, Tracy, oops, Amanda H. Happy birthday for the 10th. Okay, Paul Bridges, Paul Bo- Paul Bridges, Paul Buckley, Sandrine, Ella, Ryder, Tony, Erica, Abigail, Martin, Val, Jim, Matey, Kelly, Jackie, Sean, Sheila, Shannon, Helen, Brett, Suzanne, Laurel, Bard, Genevieve, Shelby, Manny, Laurie, Jill, Yowie, Laos, Heidi, Paula, Lisa, 
Angie, Nancy, Juliet, Jenny, Scott, Anthea, Maria, um, Nicole, Tracy, Darren, Vernon, Jamie, Diana, and our special um, mentions are to Sue D, Joe Robbins, John A. Vink, Michael, Glenn, Paul Boozy, and Jay. Woo! Welcome to the podcast. Well, uh, we often welcome our sort of little introduction to our uh, topic and give people a little bit of a sneak peek what's going to happen in about 10 minutes' time. And uh, this week we're going to be talking about what I think uh, is one of the greatest sort of sort of CD single maxi releases uh, that was of its time. Um, one of the great things about uh, the changing in uh I won't say platforms, but maybe in hardware in those days where we went from tape to vinyl to CD, was that you could fit more songs on a CD. So when you bought something on a 12-inch or a, a, a vinyl single like a 33, um, you were a bit limited. You had an A side and a B side, and that's all you could fit. Um, in excess uh, did change around the Bitter Tears uh, single time to the CD format in 1990 uh, and early 91. Uh, so fast forwarding a little bit later on to 92, uh, the Heaven Sent CD maxi single was a very, very impressive uh, addition to, uh, I guess, listeners who uh, were able to get more tracks on a, a CD single. And we're going to talk about them today. So if you haven't got it, we're going to dive deep today and share a bit about that uh, maxi CD single. And then we think it's probably one of the best releases you can get out there. Absolutely. Can't wait to dive into this one. Um, and ironic that, um, you know, Queen is going up to heaven and heaven sent. It is. Like it is. Mm. We have a lot of we have a lot of symmetry and kismet mm. in this show, don't we? Because mm. we'd already picked it before this happened, hadn't we? Yeah. Really? Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So, B, what's it time for? It's time for the news. Hi, it's Dave from England, and you're listening to In Excess Access All Areas with Hayden and B, and now it's time for the news. All right, B, which art news? It is another consecutive week where the very best of has maintained its presence in the top 50 of the ARIA charts. It has slipped a little bit from 44 to 48, uh, but hopefully with a lot of the reissues and some of the new um, uh, packagings and different sort of releases uh, with the Dolby Mix, it is going to retain its place there. Uh, in more important news, B, uh, the mixtape showdown between B and Hayden uh, in the in the download charts. I did open I think up. I I looked the other day and there was two I did open up winning. A- Five uh, episode, uh, sorry, a five download lead, you but are. you've uh, you have drawn it back into only a three differential. So I'm on three eighty eight, and you're on three eighty five. So yeah. we will keep the listeners abreast of that one. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, it's interesting to see how neck and neck we are on those. <laughs> All right. In other news, uh, Andrew Everywhere Farris. Um, he is everywhere in America at the moment. There are too many shows and TV shows and radio interviews and live gigs. Too many? Too many Did to mention. Too- oh, right. Too many. <laughs> what do you mean? Are you going to say he's on too many? <laughs> no. No, he's not on too many as in, oh, he's just on too many for me to chronicle them all. Right, got you. But I can guarantee if you put Andrew Farris, country 
the album, you know, podcast, TV appearance. He's everywhere at the moment and uh, he's doing a lot of live appearances. He's doing big uh, interviews. He's delving deep on a little bit of the NXS stuff, talking about the country stuff. So it feels like he's based over there at the moment, really pushing his album now into mm. that market there. And it'd be great to see him get some USA oh, recognition for that because yes. he's obviously a very Americana-style album B. Yes. Do you think we'll lose him? He might stay over there if he's loved well, that much he- over there. <clears throat> Imagine if you got a number one album in America. Oh, that'd, that'd be cool. Be good. It'd be really good. I think. Bit of justice. Maybe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For the movers, shakers, troublemakers, turning up the night. For the young and wild, the inner child that's always been alive. In a little bit of uh, further news, in, in light of the uh, very best album, uh, there is a zip download that you can do of this very best. So, you know, um, uh, if you go very best in excess zip download, you can actually uh, download the new mix and some of the, the Dolby sounds of that. Mm-hmm. So that can only help increase the sales. Equally also in Gigwatch RB, your your great friends and good friends of the podcast, the Don't Change Boys, they've announced a gig at Bribey Island yeah. on October 14th. Have you ever okay? been? I haven't been to Bribey Island, I don't yeah. think. Is it in the Gold Coast area or? Uh, um, Brisbane, no, Brisbane, Brisbane, a bit further down, Brisbane, just okay. off Brisbane. But yeah, I've got family okay. there. So hello to my bribery family. <laughs> yeah. And B, we will announce because you did say it earlier, but it's September 13 in excess in B Hayden. And is it Dr. Jim? Is he joining us? Dr. Jim. And who are you bringing along? We're bringing Me? a couple of guests, aren't right. we? Well, I've got no, your two tickets. Find a date. Might have oh, to find right. a date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, that'll be great. You and I had an inexcessive gig, B. We'll have a lot of fun. That time we hung out and had some fun. Mm. Mm. I've I've ordered dinner for us already in our wine. So every time prepared. I've met you, I've been sick, haven't I? Well, you better not be bloody sick this time. <laughs> I don't want to be yeah. sick with two empty seats. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Also, too, uh, B, I think there's a new cover band out of Perth called Kick. Um, mm. who are playing on November 5th in the suburb of Kareem. But I don't know much about them, but uh, I know we have the What You Need Boys over there and Looks like there's another uh, sort of uh, you know rival on the uh, on the uh, the precipice there who are playing in excess uh, covers and live music, more. which is we great. Hundred percent. Yes. Um, also, too, a little bit of belated happy birthday. Thank you for all the well wishes. I want to say last week for my own birthday, but uh, uh, ironically, on the same day, B uh, JD Fortune is uh, September one. So uh, I wanted to say a big shout out to JD. Look forward to interviewing him soon, and seems like he's in a happy place at the moment. Yeah, yeah, he does, doesn't he? I think it was mm. a nice picture of him as a boy, wasn't it, as a kid? <laughs> also, too, just a little bit of news. Uh, there's a great uh, uh, interview on 4BC, which is an affiliate of 3AW throughout Australia. But um, uh, there's a gentleman called Phil Brown, who's a sort of a Queensland arts sort of guy and critic and things. He actually grew up and spent a lot of time with Michael over in Hong Kong. So there's a good little interview uh, with Phil Brown uh, just about his uh, days in Hong Kong with Michael. Um, and I urge people to have a bit of a listen to that if you do so. So um, just punching those details into your search engine, and I'm sure you will find it. Um, also an exciting news, B. I've been meaning to mention this the last few weeks. Uh, John Stevens, great friend of the podcast. Come on, John, you got to get on. Uh, he has obviously his original band, Noiseworks, who have reformed and have a new album coming out uh, later in the year. I think it's in October, November. Uh, and B, pay attention. Okay. I know, I'm trying to find something. <laughs> Listeners, B's looking away from me at the moment. So, B, you got to pay attention. Ooh, I mentioned the word John Stevens. Normally your tongue hits the ground when I say him. 
But uh, Noisewix have released a uh, new single called Heart and Soul, uh, which is a real toe tapper. Uh, and it's uh, they've uh, got a guy called Jack Jones from Southern Sons. Now, a little bit of history here. He was a bit of a, uh, he was in a pop band in the 90s, but he's replaced the spot of a guy called Stuart Fraser, who unfortunately passed away from cancer about three years ago. And he was one of the main guitarists in Noisewix. So he was sort of the Angus to uh, Bon Scott, of which what John was. So, um, there's a guy called Jack Jones who's filled in, uh, but a lot of the album is written by Stuart and John, and uh, can't wait to listen to it because it, a lot of these songs uh, have been about eight to ten years in the making, uh, but they just haven't had the right time to release it with COVID and different things and okay. Stuart passing. So uh, I would say to all people out there who love John Stevens, uh, Google Noiseworks um, album, and I'm sure it will be a great listen once it's released. The song Heart and Soul, though, is out. It's a really, really good toe tapper. Fantastic. Yeah, Yeah. very cool. Very cool. And the last one, I don't know much about this particular guy, but there's quite a sort of a, uh, well, I'd say famous, but a well-known singer from New Zealand, a guy called Taylor Roach, Roach, R-O-C-H-E. And he's got an album that's come out recently, and he's a Kiwi guy, very androgynous-looking bee. But he grew up with the album Kick with his parents and he was very inspired by that album when he released his latest album. And some of this uh, respect to the NXS stuff has gone a bit viral in, in articles and publications. Mm-hmm. So I don't tell. It's good to know that your parents played some tunes and you listened to them all and uh, you were inspired to uh, make music based upon that album. That's very good, FM. Very good. Yeah. Where can I go and listen to him? Uh, I think just put in Taylor Roach, R-O-C-H-E. Yeah. Uh, but there's an article that, you know, if you punch in, in excess, there's an article that comes up and there's links to all these music and things as well. Okay. Um, mm. Did you see my um, my my gorgeous friends, um, Live Baby Live? Um, they're actually doing a dinner dance on a boat um, cruise around Sydney Harbour. Oh. <gasps> I so want to go. I did go. see some better cruise about that. That would be a great go. night out, wouldn't it? That would be Epic, yeah. yeah. So that's um that's on yeah. the 18th of November. I think it may be even sold out. So guys, you need to do two nights. <laughs> so that's wow. on Friday yeah. the 18th of November. It starts at 7 p.m. Yeah. Um, and it's a dinner and dance um cruise around the harbour. Um, I think it goes on for like six hours or something on the boat. Oh god, you can even oh, wow. do that. Wow. They may be playing the whole collection B. <laughs> They're so good. They're getting better and better with these boys. Oh, four hours. Four hours dinner dance and live tribute show of Fit Nexus wow. on the 18th. So that's uh, that's pretty magical. Yeah, well done, boys. That's great. Excellent. Well, that's the news of the week, B. This is Danielle. This is Lori. And this is Foxy. We're the News Real Babies. Please subscribe to our newsletter at nxsaccessallareas.com. Hey, this is Tim Farris. Big shout out to Hayden and B. Also want to say hello to all the listeners and NXS fans. Thanks for listening. I love you, Hayden and B. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. This is Ella from Middleburg, the Netherlands. You're listening to In Excess, Access All Areas with Hayden and B. And now it's time for the topic of the week. 
All right, B, well, uh, we're going to our topic today. We're talking about the Heaven Sent Maxi single. The word Heaven Sent, such appropriate words today in light of our lovely Queen who passed away overnight. Uh, we are very, very pumped to, uh, I guess, get musical for the first time for a few episodes because that ultimately is what brought us together, the music. And uh, we're going to actually dive deep into the Heaven Sent Maxi single and just, I, I guess, let the listeners know the songs, the impact, uh, maybe access we can still get it these days, but also just, I guess, refer to uh, a time and a place when buying hardware music B was always pretty cool. I mean, a lot of the younger generation now don't know what it's like to open up a, a vinyl or open up a sort of a tape liner notes or a CD single little... Uh, um, uh, Present. Uh, booklet, yeah, a little booklet, <laughs> booklet inside. No, but it was exciting, wasn't it? I do, I do feel yeah. like they're missing out. They're too busy, I mean, video themselves opening <laughs> presents now instead of actually being in, enjoying it. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to... Um, Going back in time with you. Yeah, well, there was something very tactile about when you bought music in the old days because it was as much the physical part of buying it as it was also the audio part of listening to it. So, you know, from that sort of point of view, as I said, um, uh, you know, this will be an enjoyable sort of topic to go through. Um, what I thought I would do, be just like I always do on these sort of musical things, is give a little backdrop about where things were at for the band at the time and just sort of start off with that if, if, if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Well, we're going to get into uh, Heaven Sent, the Maxi CD single, uh, something we talked about early in the show and promoted through the newsletter. But uh, uh, 21st of June 1992, this uh, CD Maxi single uh, was released around the world, although in different countries there were different catalogues and different sort of editions. Uh, luckily, here in Australia and some parts of the UK, received this uh, five track Maxi single. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's pretty topical today, given our lovely queen has gone up to the sky and hopefully she's heaven sent be. Yeah, then we mentioned it earlier, didn't we? Yeah, it's very timely. We did. We did. Yeah. So uh, my first experience of hearing heaven sent was all the way back in the 21st of, uh, well, sorry, the the actual uh, June period before it was released was in a car coming back from uni and our famous radio station, longtime supporters of the band, uh, Triple M, played the song once, loved it so much, played it twice for us. Uh, <laughs> and in those days of no downloading or anything like that, you relied on radio for your musician uh, or your bands releasing stuff for your ears, B. That's right. We did. We did. <laughs> 
Do you have a memory of this song at all? Were you in your alternative phase back in the uh, UK? I was, but it was still played. This song, it's not really categorised as like alternate, but it wasn't also that poppy either. So it was actually played in the clubs. I remember dancing to it at the clubs No, yeah, yeah in 92. Uh, around this time, beat it was an interesting time for music. You had the sort of the birth of grunge. You had mm-hmm. uh, bands like uh, U2 coming off. Yeah, that's right. You had mm. you had uh, bands like Pearl Jam and Nirvana and the Smashing yeah. Pumpkins and mm. Red Hot Chili Peppers, mm. all sort of creating a sway through the music scene. But uh, uh, U2 came back from uh, the rattle and hum sort of disaster, so to speak, mm. uh, from the critics to uh, have Uktong Baby right in everyone's consciousness. And the Pixies. Uh, yeah, they were around yeah, at that particular time. They were them um, as well. But they weren't very well well commercially known. They became a bit more famous later. But uh, REM had the one-two punch of Out of Time and Automatic for the People, mm-hmm. uh, which, uh, again, gave them that sort of stratosphere one-two punch. But NXS were, you know, coming off Wembley. They were coming off, uh, I guess, the Live Baby Live sort of live album. Uh, and they'd reform with uh, sort of Mark Opitz. And I think Mark, as he's said many times, wanted the band to really challenge themselves. And as we heard from Andrew and on behalf of Michael, uh, they put a lot of time, you know, between Andrew, Michael and Mark into this uh, album. But uh, like everything, uh, a single is often the portents of things to come. So Heaven Sent was that particular track beat, uh, a little bit of a sort of a, a uh, a backdrop about it at the time. Some of the critics uh, will really sort of did quite uh, rate it quite well. Uh, I know, uh, you know, it had a bit of a uh, sort of a, a rollicking sort of Stooges sort of feel to it, had that sort of snarking sort of megaphone vocal. Uh, and it wasn't very pretentious. I mean, it was around that time where less was more and the film clip uh, uh, was really sort of close-up sort of camera shots of the band uh, who were looking pretty good at their time, mm-hmm. B. Yes, they uh, were. Yes, very yeah. good. <laughs> And, uh, you know, the actual sort of song itself, as we do know, uh, was born out of a sort of more of a country sort of uh, uh, mm-hmm. type of sort of sound. Uh, this was, um, I guess, uh, the band, I think, hearing Michael's original demo and going, well, we could really fall to the floor this particular one and go really hardcore mm-hmm. and, and, and ramp it up to 11. <laughs> uh, and they sort of did so. In terms of uh, sort of chart success and things like that, uh, this particular album, uh, well, this particular song, I should say, uh, did uh, peak in the sort of the top 10, 12 in sort of Australia and, and in England. Uh, but interestingly, uh, in America, uh, this particular song got a lot of uh, 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 traction on the uh, alternative charts. So it's funny, earlier you said a little bit about uh, it wasn't really alternative. Well, uh, it probably was in a way and in America. Anything that's not, you know, sweet, saccharine sounding yeah. often categorizes <laughs> as alternative in its uh, in its description. But uh, do you uh, remember sort of this song connecting with you in later years, B? Is it something you listen to a bit now or you enjoy now? I do enjoy it. Yeah, I do. I do. I love the intro. You know, just like right in your face with those um, guitars. But mm. yeah, no, it's a great song. I mean, to have this song to you by Michael, oh my God, Helena, you look sausage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, it's interesting you sort of say that with that intro of the guitar sounds. Uh, and one of the interesting things about it, B, was that this particular track when I first heard the guitar sounded very similar to the intro to a song called Voice of Reason by, ironically, John Stevens from Noiseworks. Uh, and the wonders of editing, I'm sure we will put that little flourish in right, mm-hmm. uh, flourish in right now. Okay. Uh, and 
later on overseas, a lot of uh, reviewers compared it to the intro and the guitar sound of I Will Follow from U2. So um, I think both of them are slightly different, but uh, there is a uh, similarity there uh, in terms of sort of straightforward approach and sound. Okay, well, let's have a listen. Hayden, I can hear that. That's great. Yeah. Yes. I'm sure a lot of uh, listeners can hear it too. Well, it's good that John didn't sue the band when uh, he joined <laughs> in excess. So, <laughs> and uh, I guess also with the U2 sound, let's have a little bit of a listen to I Will Follow from U2 and hear the similarity to the guitar there. Cool. Thanks, Hayden. So yeah. how, did you see these similarities right from the beginning or is it something you've come across look, I, over the look, years? I think, no, no, from the first sort of first or second time I'd heard mm. it because I, I was a big Noisewicks fan. Uh, I knew their sort of songs and things. And uh, I don't think it's a lift, but I think there's just a similar uh, similar. Mm. A similar guitar sort of chord sequence there. So, uh, But look, Andrew originally wrote this song, and I guess it's interesting for some of our listeners. He originally wrote this song as a, I guess in the time signature of it, as a 3-4 type of ballad, and uh, we will sort of hear a little bit of the original version later. But um, uh, I think the band were at that sort of stage where they really wanted to come out and do something aggressive. I mean, music at that time was aggressive and loud, and uh, the band sort of came in and sort of amped it up, and uh, I don't think anyone regrets the, uh, the, the new version of things. As I alluded to earlier, the charts were quite interesting, B. Obviously, it hit number 13 in Australia. Uh, I think it hit 24 in Belgium, 39 in Canada. Uh, I think it's 47 in Germany, 9 in Greece, 35 in the Netherlands, uh, 10 in Portugal. Hello, Pedro. Uh, Pedro was probably buying it and buying all the copies. Uh, Sweden, 35. Switzerland, 23. Uh, only hit 31 in the UK. Wow. But in America, alternative uh, airplay, number two. And then it's got mainstream rock, number four. And that just goes to show the silliness of the American charts sometimes. <laughs> it's funny, that, but that would have been the popular chart that you said, number 31, did you say then? That's right. Yeah, but maybe, we sh- maybe we should check out the alternate UK charts. It might have um, been a bit higher. Possibly, possibly. Mm, I'll have to uh, do that. Yeah. So, uh, look, again, probably... Yeah, you know, from a from an American point of view, it wasn't sort of I don't think sort of released sort of straight away sort of there. I think it was obviously something that might have got airplay charts, but uh, not enough time, as we mentioned, was the main sort of single release there initially mm-hmm. uh, around the Olympic uh, Games time, which was there. But I guess the thing we we want to delve deep a bit today, B, was in this sort of maxi CD single where there were five tracks and. Uh, I know as a student at uni and not having a lot of money, sometimes those little sort of uh, uh, five-track sort of CD singles for a couple of bucks were really uh, uh, a handy price point for a poor, hungry and desperate mm-hmm. PhD student like me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I loved it playing this before the album came out when I bought it. And uh, the uh, second sort of track on uh, this particular CD, Maxi Single, was uh, Andrew uh, doing his uh, song, which is called It Ain't Easy. So we might take that one away a little bit now, please. Hannah, that's a turnaround. But you look back, you're looking good, aren't you? Sitting all right with an 
that be for all to see. Three blind legs, and a fight. One, two, three. Taking on the sidewalk. Hey, can it help with the lady? No daydream. Friends indeed. It's a friend of ideas. Hey, now. I said, hey, now. It ain't easy. Uh, what do you think of that track, B? Uh, a little bit of a, an Andrew uh, channeling his Lou Reed uh, affectations there. What did you think of that song, and have you played it much over the years? No, I haven't played you it haven't. much. No, no, no. Um, but yeah, let's have like- honesty, quick <laughs> honesty. Is that the first time you've ever heard it? Huh? No, 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 no. I've heard it, no. but I, it's just it's just not on my register to go. I think it's because it's not on an album, it's not on the best of, and it's just not being put into my playlist. Oh, well, I'm pretty much a, a CD person, so um, that, that song is only on my, um, that's um, Heaven Sent CD, which is awesome. I'm so glad you have, um, you've brought it up that we can go through it. I do like it. I did review it, written a few things <laughs> down here. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it is using the same keyboard they used in Beautiful Girl. It just sounds a bit similar in the background there. I'm not sure. And I like that the fact that the vocals are brought forward more in this because a lot of the songs that they had around this time were actually brought back. So it's really good to hear Andrew right forward. I like the fact that they use um, some nursery rhymes in there because it really hooks you in with the free blind mice and the little rap at the end there. And and don't give me no more daydreams. You know, that's a, that's a lovely um, little um, lyric that they've got in there too. I like it. It's it's you know it's got like a little funky element to it as well. It's um it's a cheeky little song. I like it, well, and it's singable, isn't it? You can sing along to it quite nice and easy. Well, yeah. I mean, th- this particular period where uh, I think Chris Murphy quite uh, outwardly encouraged you know a lot of the band to come up with extra B sides and extra sort of their own material shape our conversation on the next couple of tracks. But, uh, uh, yeah, look, I think it, you can feel like it's Andrew in his studio at home putting it together. Uh, it doesn't look like it's laboured over. Um, it's some interesting production. It doesn't sound like an NXS song. It sounds like an Andrew solo song. Yeah. Um, and I guess that was sort of the point with some of these things that make them interesting for our listeners, and that is that they're not cookie-cutter, you know, uh, you know, uh, dialed them in sort of song. So uh, I like mm-hmm. the production on it because it's very different to sort of in excess sort of traditional production as well. So yeah. that's It Ain't Easy. And also it's a good lyric about life. It ain't bloody easy, is it, B? It ain't, is it? <laughs> ain't lately, is it, mate? <laughs> yeah. and, and it's almost channels uh, in a few years to come. It ain't pretty. Uh, there you go. <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, all right. Now, the next one we're going to talk a little bit about is the third track here, which is called 11th Revolution. It's an instrumental Probably one of the first uh, instrumentals, uh, probably for a few albums since Three Sisters by Timmy as well. Uh, but this is a uh, a Timmy guitar riff, two to force. Over to you, 11th Revolution. All right. 
Well, that was uh, 11th Revolution there. Uh, that The only thing that's, that that song lacks is lyrics. <laughs> I reckon that would have been a hit. I love the riff on that one. Ah, oh, it's bloody fantastic. Well, I mean, you know, I love I love Tim so much. Anyway, I love how it broods in at the beginning, though. It's like... It's really low. It's... Yeah, it's brooding, and then yeah, yeah and and then it's it's like two or three guitars just battling it out. I love it. It it's got some sort of like Beatles to me, you know, like Revolution or something on a lower key. This is just turning it up a few notches, but um, yeah, I just love it. Absolutely fantastic. Well, I think uh, Beatles obviously had the two Rev- Revolution songs, Revolution and Revolution Number no. Nine, you know, um, mm. which is probably uh, a bit of a dirge, uh, actually. Um, but yeah, this was a great one, and um, I know Tim's quite proud of this sort of composition. And uh, you know, I love the little pauses and then the sort of uh, the uh, escalation of the guitar when it hits. And uh, again, yes. it's very much sort of a bit like the time where guitars in a lot of grunge songs didn't have lyrics. So when you listen to bands mm-hmm. like Stone Temple Pilots and things like that, a lot of their mm-hmm. choruses had big guitar riffs, not lyrics, and it sort of touches upon that a bit. Yeah, I get that. Well, at this particular point, we have gone heaven sent, it ain't easy, 11th Revolution, and and at the time, I was thinking, well, can't get, you know, they're, hide, they're hiding a track number four here, which is probably not as good. But then suddenly the revelation oh. of Deepest Red has come out of the uh, sound waves, <laughs> B. Uh, and we know this is a bit of a favourite of ours, so we're going to put this one on a John Michael composition. Over to you, Deepest Red. say about this it should have been a single and been on the album (laughs) (laughs) yeah yes it should bloody release it come on boys yeah well maybe we can put this on the not enough time uh flip side okay when we do the spearhead of that but uh uh the interesting thing uh about this particular track it wasn't really a, a welcome to wherever you are session uh for those who uh a studious like myself and and some of the uh, the collectibles team would probably know that this songwriter is John and Michael, but it's also produced by Chris Thomas. So this was a a, a deep track that was around the X time uh, of the X album, 
And if you were uh, and have been lucky enough to get the, I think it was the 10th anniversary of X or it might have been, the, uh, might have been 2002 it came out, I think 12th anniversary, uh, they had four or five extra tracks on the uh, X um, uh, collector's edition uh, with some bonus tracks, and this was part of that. So uh, it was a bit of a, a, a hangover from the X sessions that didn't make it to the album. However, it still feels like it has relevance for Welcome, Um even if Mark Opus doesn't think it does, that's fine. Um, but uh, Andrew did. When we spoke to Andrew, he says, yes, it's a good track and that you should be on. Uh, I don't think Andrew said that in memory. I think uh, I think this is a John Michael one. I don't know if John got outvoted on this particular one. But um, um, either mm. way, when you put this as a fourth track on something, and uh, I love the lyrics, Judas Kiss, Kiss Off Betrayal, You Would Not Break Me. Um, mm. It's got a real mm. sort of religious overtone tone there and michael's vocal here is just fantastic and the instrumentation it's is smooth and powerful <laughs> fantastic at this particular point i'm thinking wow you know what a what a uh, uh a maxi single so far and uh we're now going to get to the fifth track here which is uh heaven sent uh the gliding version which was just the original sort of country tinge sort of uh version there that uh, Andrew wrote originally. So we would think that there are probably a lot of, maybe you won't say passive listeners, but a lot of listeners who haven't uh, heard this particular version before, B, and this might be a bit of a revelation for them. So let's put on about 45 seconds of uh, Heaven Sent, uh, the gliding version. one would you want to listen to first if it oh. was do you think the glide, <laughs> gliding fer- version should have come first <laughs> look I, I mean obviously if i'm going to a concert you know we want to hear the rocked up version um but uh-huh. sometimes it's sometimes it's nice where music comes from and we get to hear virtually what is sort of maybe a demo or sort of an uh, original sort of bare bones version of i think of andrew potentially singing this one uh-huh. Uh, mm-hmm. as well. Uh, so uh, it's a bit of a history lesson of how a song composition can be added to and how it can evolve. Um, but again, uh, often a good ballad can be a good rock song and a good rock song can be a good ballad uh, if you played them the right way and, and they're, uh, you know, got good lyrics and good instrumentation. So, uh, but yeah, this particular version, B, I don't know if you'd be rocking out to this one uh, or a lot of our <laughs> listeners, but it's a handy time in place of uh, where the song uh, first started. Yeah, I think it's really cute. I like listening yeah. to it. All right. Well, uh, a couple of little things we'd like to do is add a few little fun facts here. So big credit to Mark Opitz, uh, who obviously, and Andrew, who took on a bit of a production arm on a lot of these tracks. Uh, bar the uh, Deepest Red track. 
good friend of uh, Mark Niven Garland, who is now farming olives in Spain, uh, was the uh, engineer. Uh, Been doing that a long time he now, has. isn't he? <laughs> uh, another good friend of the band and many others, Bob Clearmount, mixed a lot of these uh, particular tracks, uh, which is good. Uh, and I guess what was interesting for me as a fan and for some of those of uh, my vintage B was that we had gone through format changes of how we bought music. You know, we were buying 33, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, singles, etc. cetera, there. Uh, we were buying sort of, you know, 45-inch, you know, uh, or uh, uh, centimetres, I can't remember, but uh, maybe it's the 12-inch, 45 centimetres, that's right, uh, of the, uh, you know, the bigger remix things. But... Uh, and even in tape format, you know, occasionally you could get a few extra tracks there. But going to CD, you could store more content uh, on a release. And as a consumer and as a sort of digester of music, uh, InXS started around, I think, about the Bitter Tears single uh, and then into By My Side of actually moving over to CD single format. So uh, when Shining Star came along and then suddenly into the Welcome singles, uh, this maxi CD single became a really, really unique uh, format for the listener being able to buy and get more content uh, per dollar spent, uh, which is pretty Absolutely. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, especially Correct. if you're a student. Like Do you remember the first CD you ever bought, B? How long were you a student for, by the way? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I found I a few subjects in one year, but. Uh, uh, How many? <laughs> Come on, tell me. Uh, four years. Four? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I think I did four, actually. Was that was that A levels? Four years of A levels, or <laughs> no? Cheeky me, sorry. Smoking pot. <laughs> now, do you remember your first ever CD you bought? Because this is interesting. Oh thing. my gosh! Ooh! Oh gosh! My first CD. Yeah. So CDs really came out no, around 86, I 87, I think. Really, in terms of oh, I know. Mainstream. Back to li- back to life. Back to life, back to, to reality. reality. Okay. Sure, is that? Okay. I don't know what year that was. Okay. No, worries. yeah, that's just interesting. Yeah, you know, the CD sort of coming in in terms of uh, uh, the 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 album seems to sort of come around sort of the mid to you know uh, you know eighty six eighty seven in the eighties. But a lot of the CD singles took a while to come out thereafter. Um, so a little bit of a lag there, but uh, yeah. Um, all right. So what was yours? You haven't told me what yours well, was. Well, the first CD single I ever got was U2's One, which was early 92. Uh, and okay. then I got this one. Uh, it was my second one, uh, which was pretty cool. And then, oh, okay. Yeah. And I think my first CDs I got was uh, uh, an REM uh, CD out of time, and then the other one was Hoodoo Gurus. Okay. Uh, so what was your first single um, vinyl, vinyl while we're at or, it? Yeah, while we're well, at it. The first memory I have was going down to what was our record store here in Australia in the 80s called Brashes, and uh, I bought four of them sort of for for Christmas, uh, of which uh, one was – okay, I'm going to be – I'm going to fess up here. One was Uptown Girl, Billy Joel. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. Uh, second one was KC and the Sunshine Band, Give It Up. <laughs> Bye. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, the third one was Original Sin, although that was a Santa purchase put under the tree, wrap it up by my family. <laughs> uh, and the fourth one escapes me at this point in time. But uh, uh, I do remember, you know, that particular point at the end of sort of, uh, you know, grade six or grade seven or whatever they're going in to get those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was one of those things where, do you remember as a kid, 
your, your parents were like, not allowed to touch the, the record player. You know, you could break the needle. Yeah. Um, it was a bit of an art to try put on a a, a, a record and, and not uh, scratch it. I, I mean, just, it was, yeah, it was the first I time I felt pressure, parental yeah. pressure as a kid not to stuff it, it up. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. It's right. And, like, your dad had the, you know, the, his stereo and all the – everything was in alphabetical order and everything. So, so yeah, yeah. I mean, my dad was he- – still is heavily into his music. He loves his music. So, yeah, I loved all his albums. Mom, I remember her going out and buying the ABBA gatefold, ABBA the album and reading all the lyrics. But my first vinyl um, single – was um, Don't Stand So Close to Me by The Police. Okay. That's what yeah. I spent my money on. Yeah. And my first album was Mondata. Oh, how do you say it? Is it Zambata, Mondata or something? Something Z- like that, yeah. 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 The Police yeah, loved to put these reggae sort of uh, ride mm-hmm. things going, didn't they, on all their albums? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Played yeah. that to death. Loved yeah. that. I've just checked it up. Della Soul, Back to Life, Back to yeah. Reality, yeah. 1989. Right, so that okay. was when I got my first CD. Player, and that yeah. was the CD that I bought to go with it. Yeah, <laughs> I think a boyfriend bought it. Me actually. Um, Do they have that song like or album Three Thousand Feet and Flying or Dying or something like that? <laughs> no, I wasn't really into buying albums then. I was just buying the singles back then. I think in the twelve inches, and like you say, with yeah. a lot of the um, yeah. CDs, you got all these bonus tracks. So it was like, wow, you know. You're hearing um, remixes and yes. things. It was cool. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a really good point. You know, the, the the value for money sometimes as a kid or a teenager, you can only afford a you know a, a CD single or a vinyl track or a tape or whatever there, uh, which had two or three songs on it. But uh, uh, bands often and uh, if people go. Uh, and download or open up CD single or, uh, or in excess heaven sent catalog, you'll see about 20 formats across the world. Some were um, just literally a, a two song format, heaven sent and deepest red. Uh, some of them were the five track CD, uh, uh, maxi CD. Uh, there's lots of different formats, but it gave the band a chance to experiment and play around with their content at an affordable price. So, uh, B, that's a bit of a, a, a wrap of heaven sent as we go into. Oh, actually, late news, news item. B, listeners, loves to talk about visuals and album covers, okay, or CD single covers. B, do you want to describe the cover for our listeners here? I would love to, Hayden. Right, so you've got some sort of like Vegas girl in the centre, um, dance girl, and she's in her leotard and her fishnet tights and little bask there in the feather headset um, and then she's been handheld and walking away by a policeman now he's got a helmet so they're going on a bike <laughs> by the looks of it so they're off on a bike and then there's the lawyer in the background so there's a bit of a story to this isn't there what's it got to do with heaven sent i don't know but you can make up some sort of like little scenario that's going on there with the dancer the um motor cop and the lawyer well the guy on the right looks like mike Patton from faith no more to me <laughs> it's not though <laughs> well this was a sort of i think a bit of a concept period for the band where they had really very little you know photos of themselves or anything on the singles or the album as we have stated previously uh so it's probably their abstract phase yeah like you say it was the less is more but 
that actual whoops that actual picture is so good it's actually on a, the picture discs isn't it for the um 12 inches so those people that are lucky to have that i think i might have one somewhere might give it away maybe although i don't want to <laughs> yeah absolutely Kudos to the team uh, who sent out the promo for this episode with the little circle spinning around of the CDC would be. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, that was Genevieve. She's amazing. She's so cool. So, yeah, I just say, look, you know, this is what we're going to be doing. And she came out with that. And, uh, yeah, to get it going around, she's very clever. Very, very clever. clever. Well, well, that was great, Hayden. Perhaps we can talk about Baby Don't Cry next week. How, what do you think? That could be a good idea. This is Sheila from Birmingham, Alabama. Hey, this is Susan from Cincinnati, Ohio. Hi, this is Maiti from Montreal, Canada. This is Suzanne from Los Angeles, California. And that's a wrap. All right, people, that's a wrap. Fan engagement, over to you. Okay, well, I'd like to say hello to everybody in the, all the TikTokers out there. So I'm just going to quickly say hello to some of your names. I'm sorry, we, we're we having to do this very quick today because we're actually recording and editing on the same day and hi, it is Sunday. So hello to Yoga Kid, Damien, Laurie, um, General G, Ashley, Jetta, Derek, D.H., D. Finch, um, Mandalorian, <laughs> Slay, Michelle, Nanny, Scotty, Betty, um, Mr. Woosner, Lisa, Numbledum, and Sean. And I want to say hello to you, all of you guys. Also, Hayden, I do need to give a big shout out to Laurie. Laurie has started a new podcast, Accelerated Culture. Um, I think she's only done her uh, done three. And this week's about Shabu Shabar. So if you want to get onto Podbeam and Spotify and uh, look out for Accelerated Culture and have a listen to some of her things too. Absolutely. All right, we're very excited with some upcoming episodes. We have talked about the Nick Launay episode, uh, the double drop. It is coming soon. All right, tribute song today, B. We're going to go out with a homage to uh, our lovely Queen Elizabeth who passed away. What better uh, and a more appropriate band than the band Queen to do a tribute song to the Queen? So we're going to go out with the start of One Vision from Wembley, uh, Freddie at his finest, and we may have a little add on there from a certain band around 1977 who uh, had a, a certain reference about the Queen, which was the Sex Pistols, okay, as well. So uh, the Queen would love it. Rock and roll, rest in peace. And it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from B. See you next week.
the late 70s, which made the standard rock group seem passé. The punk stuff, as opposed to what Queen did, they were coming from two different points of view. You know, it was anarchy and, and one side and monarchy and the other. One of the things that he said to me was that his mission in life was to bring ballet to the masses. I love posing. That's for the press. Well, this is Wessex Studios, where a lot of News of the World was done. We were recording here, and uh, the Sex Pistols were in at the same time. Well, we met the Sex Pistols in Wessex Studios, and uh, I thought it was fascinating. One day, uh, we were in the control room, and Fred was sat at the desk. And um, suddenly, we heard this voice, and it was Sid Vicious who'd come in, and he was Clearly, the worst for wear. Sid came in, and Sid was a moron, you know. He was an idiot. And he called into the room, have you succeeded in bringing ballet to the masses yet? I called Sid Vicious, I know, and called him Simon Ferocious or something, and he didn't like it at all. I said, what are you going to do about it? Fred went up and took him by the lapels and pushed him out the door. He hated the fact that I could even speak like that. Right. Then, um, so we went... I think we survived that test. Well, you're just I thought.